The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to an all new episode of You're Gonna Love Me. It's me, Katie, your host, and it's just me today. You're welcome. It's a solo episode, but I got I got some things I want to talk about, some things that are living rent free in my head because I've been consuming a lot of television that I just can't stop thinking about. <laughs> but anyway, but something else I can't escape is just being an adult because adulting is hard. As much as I I love being an adult and I feel like I've grown up a whole lot, being an adult sucks because when stuff comes at you, you have to be the one to handle it. And, you know, I think it starts when you move out of the house and you move states and you got to figure out how to schedule doctor's appointments and what to do with your car when it, the lights turn on. Not, I'm not talking about the headlights. I'm talking about like those little alerts that come up in your car. You know, when you're used to your parents kind of being the ones to do those things, all of a sudden you have to do it and it's scary, but we figure it out. But when you own a home, that's like another level of adulting that I can't <laughs> express. I mean, it's as, as accomplished and awesome as you feel when you get to, you know, buy your first home and, you know, it's, it's yours and it's, it's such an incredible feeling and an accomplishment itself. It is, let me just break this down. So it was just a few months ago that Tom and I, we had our tub drain break in order to repair it. I mean, we could have just done the, the old cork plug tub drain situation. We've talked about this, but no, we had to in order to, to properly repair it, we had to go through the ceiling down below, which is our living room. Our bathroom is above our living room. And we had to go through the ceiling and do that whole repair. And it was just the most extra nightmare of repair. But, you know, being an adult, those are the things that you got to do because you want to do proper repairs. We don't want to do Band-Aid kind of repairs on our house. And flash forward to December you know, it doesn't, we don't get a lot of rain in California and in, in LA. And so sometimes you don't know <laughs> what kind of issues you're going to run into. So we have a balcony um, off of our bedroom and it's not an overhang kind of balcony. It's a balcony that sits on top of our like kitchen, I guess you'd call it like a breakfast area. And we have like some tiling up there and there was like the the grout and the sealant had, it was kaput. It was gone because of, they call it wear and tear or something. I don't know, from sun. I don't know. We don't, we don't even go on the balcony. We, we don't pay attention to that. So what had happened was we were getting torrential downpour on our balcony. And the next thing you know, we are having just waterfall in our kitchen from the light fixtures, from just random spots in the ceiling. We're having water fall into our kitchen. And so 
suddenly we're like, what do we do? Who do we call? All of a sudden you don't have a landlord. You don't have a building manager. You don't have someone else to call and report the problem to and let them handle it. You got to do it. You got to adult the F up and handle it yourself. So we ended up calling our insurance company and then they send someone out and they, you know, assess the situation. They figure out what the problem is, where it's coming. We didn't even know at the time, we didn't even know where it was coming from. We didn't think it was coming from a balcony. You know, we didn't know that like it was madness. And so then they had to come and rip open our ceiling. I mean, we have almost our entire kitchen ceiling open and then put up fans and a dehumidifier. First of all, they had to plastic tent off the entire kitchen area. So it was like its own like little room situation. I don't even want to tell you what it looked like. Cause I don't know what people are going to say. It looked like it, we had like a meth lab in our, <laughs> in our kitchen and we had fans running 24 hours a day for 12 days for 12 days, just loud fans for 12 whole days, trying to dry the ceiling, the wood beams up there. And then they had to come and tear up the flooring on the balcony because there was moisture being held up there. And so now we have just open ceiling. We really have an open concept up here with open ceilings and exposed beams and everything. And so we're just waiting till we get someone out here to repair that. We're waiting for insurance people to get back on this and that. So, you know, as fun as it is being an adult owning a home, when stuff like this happens, you're kind of like, damn, I wish just someone else was handling this, but <laughs> that is, that is my life right now. I'm just staring at the blue tape mapping out destruction and just exposed wood beams. And I hate it. Like I, I haven't even put my kitchen back together because I don't want to pull everything back out and just have to put it away. Anyways, rant over. I want to talk about a few things, you know, I've been talking, I've had Dana on and we've been talking about, and just like that, because I've been obsessed with it. I know people have been really strongly opinionated on it. They don't like it, but I've really, really, really enjoyed watching it because, you know, I just think you got to give it a chance. You got to recognize that it's something new. And I, you know, I just enjoyed it. So the finale happened like last week or whenever it was. And, and they also had a documentary, but you know, I was just really pleased with it. So in the finale, I'm not going to recap the whole thing, but you know, especially in the last five minutes, it really, it really was fantastic. But you know, in the finale, we got Carrie, she had her lamp kind of flickering. She thought it was big trying to communicate with her, which I enjoy because, you know, I'm all about like spirits communicating the other, you know, paranormal life after death. So I was very into it. Miranda was not having any of it. Charlotte was supportive. So I thought that was, you know, kind of special. And then she meets with his brother and his brother's trying to, con Big's brother's trying to convince her to be buried in the crypt with the whole family. And she's like, oh, hell no. And then she has this dream about where she's supposed to scatter his ashes. And it didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was, it felt like it was really choppy and made, didn't make a lot of sense. And come to find out after I've been reading, apparently Big was in those dream sequences. And he talked a lot about like, this is the bridge where, where our like actual story began. I know they had a whole 10 years of, you know, on and off and on and off. But in Paris, when they were on that bridge, that's really where their life began together in terms of getting married and all that, but um, not getting married, but you know what I'm saying. But they ended up cutting 
him out of those scenes after the whole scandal broke out about him and his, you know, sexual assault cases and everything like that. So understandably, but it didn't, (laughs) him being cut from those really didn't lend to help making sense of any of that. But when she's telling the girls about it, she's asking if they want to come. And I, I thought they agreed to come, but they didn't ultimately end up coming anyway. But, and then we've got Charlotte wants to have a the mitzvah for rock Rock's not really into it, but then we get introduced into to one of the best characters, and I wish we would have seen more of her. We get the trans rabbi Jen. Love her. Love her, love her. They need to bring her back if we get another season. I thought she was fantastic. And fucking then we get Miranda. I really love to see this version of Miranda, this, you know, Miranda in this sort of season, this era of her life, because I mean, so many people were so attached to the Miranda that we saw, you know, nearly two decades ago. And what everyone assumed or thought she would be and thought that she would continue to be, you know, forgetting that people change, life happens, she's been a mother, she's been in a marriage and not happy and she's kind of lost herself. And now she's met someone new, she's exploring her sexuality and, you know, quit her job and went back to school and, you know, she's trying to find herself. And she's, you know, divorced Steve and poor Steve, we love Steve. Oh, I love Steve. But, you know, she decides to leave school, not take the internship, which doesn't seem like the Miranda that we know, but this is a new Miranda. And she wants to follow love, follow her heart. And uh, I know we all don't agree that Che is the one that she should be following. You know, she's got to, she's got to learn the hard way. And Che brings her to this club on the premise that she's going to meet Che's family. And Miranda gets there and you know, Miranda's like, where's your family? She's like, come here, come here, sit down, sit down. Miranda's like, what's going on? What's going on? And, and she proceeds to take, you know, three shots of tequila and then sing California girls. And that was their way of announcing that they are moving to California to, to pursue some kind of pilot or TV show. I mean, you don't even give her a heads up, but why not give Miranda like a little bit of a heads up? I mean, you're, you're dating slash not dating. I don't know. It just, it felt like a little bit of a womp womp, but then they say they want Miranda to come, which, okay, great. But like I said, in the last three scenes, it really kind of, really kind of did it for me because we get Miranda back with her red hair, which I felt like was really kind of a, it, it really was almost a s- symbol or um, embodied that she was had lost herself. I mean, I love the gray hair. She can pull off any kind of look really, but you know, it's like she was kind of back to her roots, <laughs> if you will, that she had kind of lost herself. And then when she got her red hair back, she had, she was back to like Miranda and whether or not she was going to go and make a terrible mistake in LA or not. But you know, she was, she was feeling colorful again which I really liked that. I really love to see the red hair back on Miranda. And then we see Carrie. Carrie is doing a podcast. And when she says, this is Carrie Bradshaw and you're listening to Sex in the City, her podcast is called Sex in the City. I got chill bumps. I loved that so much. I have chill bumps now just thinking about that scene. And then she gets in the elevator and kisses the, the hot podcast guy. Like she's got a, like a little steamy romance happening, which was so nice to see because that teacher was such a dud. Ugh, like I know she was just trying to put herself out there, but that guy was not it for her. Hail to the no. 
she needs she needs like a like just like a hot guy that's just gonna like take her in her his arms and just lay one on her i love that for her you know and then of course we see her in paris on the bridge scattering big big sashes which and she's wearing that orange dress which is so incredible on her and then we see her pull out the blackberry and text samantha which was really the cherry on top for me saying i'm in paris want to meet for a drink and Samantha says yes and even though I know everyone's whole thing was that like Samantha was done dirty and she didn't come back and you know I I really like the way they handled Samantha and in her absence and all of this that she still had a presence and the, the strain of the friendship was prevalent and in, in there but it was still there was still a fight for it and I think I think that kind of translates into real life that you know I think they wanted her on the show and it just didn't work out but I think I think it was art imitating life and them kind of pressing and wanting to see her and wanting to have a relationship with her was maybe still like kind of them wanting her to be on the show with them. If they do another season, we got to get Samantha on there. As much as I love Seema and I feel like Seema kind of has that sort of Samantha vibe to her. No one can replace Samantha. I know that I'm not saying that, but I mean, Seema really kind of had that like sort of, you know, grit and sex appeal to her that, you know, Samantha really had. Again, no one can replace her, but I really like Seema as a part of the cast. Anyway, I really love the finale. And then they had the documentary, which the documentary, I think really won a lot of people over. I know I see a lot of like, like tweets out there saying, you know, I hated every single episode of and Just Like That. And if they don't have a season two, I'm going to cut my leg off. <laughs> the show sucks but if they had an episode every single day I'd watch it like you know I think people were like loving hating but loving it It was it was still comfortable and familiar even though they weren't totally in love with it but I think it won a lot of people but I think the documentary helped people and I loved watching the documentary because it it had so much of the nostalgia kind of marrying into uh following filming this documentary they you know flash back to old episodes with the outfits the fact that Sarah Jessica Parker has all of these outfits archived in the furniture is oh my god like she just has it sitting in storage I'm like why are you not wearing any of this like I would oh my gosh I would be living and staring at it on a daily basis if if it were me you know that's just me though it just brings a a tear to my my eyes but I, I love seeing how like hands-on Sarah Jessica Parker as I was talking with Stassi about this how you know she, there's she doesn't have any kind of ego about anything you can see like how much she wants to be a part of every process of it and you know how close she is to to all of it and you know when they do the fittings how she's you know feeling like okay Carrie would do this Carrie would have this belt she would have it on her you know mantle or she'd have it up for art and then she puts it on and and how much involved she is in all of that even to the point when they go into the closet and how she's like it's too perfect there needs to be shoes on the floor there needs to be CDs on the shelf she's you know she's very much involved in all of it and not in in a obnoxious and way whatsoever you know and then when they're filming and that she has to take her hat off. She feels like a piece of her was taken, you know? I just loved, I I loved having the parts where we see, you know, Willie in there and discussing, you know, where everyone's kind of discussing his final days on set and the fact that no one knew except for Sarah Jessica Parker. It's just heart-wrenching, all of that, you know? 
if you haven't watched this documentary and you were a fan, and even if you didn't watch any of just like that, like you really, really should watch this just for all the nostalgia and and everything. And it, it, it's probably going to make you want to watch, watch the show because it, I think you, you'll have a new appreciation for it. All right. We're going to take a break because I have a life saving hack for you. Money saving hack, we'll say. So if you are suffering from way too many subscription syndrome, there is a way out and you don't even have to talk to anyone. Let Truebill do the work and set you free. Average users save $720 a year using Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one simple little tap. And Truebill Concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions. So you don't have to. I love, love, love Truebill so much. It's literally saved my life in more ways than one. You can stay on top of your spending with Truebill, get effortless breakdown of your finances to see where your money is going and how to improve. Truebill will notify you of important events that need your attention so you're never caught off guard again. I love this feature. I'll literally get a notification pop up on my phone saying that there was a large charge made to one of my cards or that I have, you know, two bills that are due this week. So that is how I can catch, you know, some subscriptions I maybe forgot about or just always kind of know what I'm spending money on and where I can spend less. So I'm just really staying on top of my finances and I feel like I'm in charge. I feel like I'm a proper adult. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash love me. Go right now, truebill.com slash love me. It could save you thousands a year. It's truebill.com slash love me. Okay, back to podcast. Hey, I'm Allie Colbert. I'm a stand-up comedian, actress, and writer from New York City. And I'm Jackie Colbert. I have made my career as a comedian by using my insights and wit to make points. Funny points, but points. Look, I have good taste and too much common sense for just myself, so I'm going to share it with you guys. Okay, Allie, get over yourself. (laughs) And my younger sister and best friend Jackie is here to bring me back down to earth. Every Tuesday, Jackie and I are going to hang out with each other and some of our favorite people. And of course, respond to your questions and confessions. So send in your secrets. It's like church, but I'm Jewish and bisexual. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill. Something else that I watched that I really, really enjoy was Yellow Jackets. This show was so good. It kind of flashes back to... I think it's like 1996 to present day about a soccer team who was going to nationals on an airplane. It was a private airplane that one of the girl's dads had chartered and it crashes in the middle of the woods, the forest. And it's going back and forth. And apparently you're you're kind of seeing like sequences where there's some kind of like weird tribal cannibalism stuff happening. 
but it's not totally clear. It just, what is happening present day, there's a, you know, journalists kind of tracking them down, trying to find out exactly what happened. And the survivors, you can tell that there's, you know, big secrets that are being kept and that they don't want anyone to find out because they would be in big trouble. But we got Julia Lewis and Christina Ricci and Melanie Linsky, who are just iconic and so talented. The cast is phenomenal. I mean, it's just friendship from teenage adolescence and how, you know, maybe this, you would think it's bonded them, but it's clearly caused a lot of tension, you know, and yeah, anyway, but you got to watch this show. I mean, I watched all the way through and was like, okay, maybe we're going to find out a little bit more once it ends. And now we got to wait for season two. This is what happens when I binge things and then end up having to wait a whole year. (laughs) for the next season. I need to, I need to have a slow burn on some shows, but you know, when I started hearing some news come out about Melanie Linsky and her, you know, experience is something that really frustrates me in, in Hollywood is just the expectations for women and what they're supposed to look like in their bodies. Cause if they're not a certain size or they don't look a certain way, that's all that's talked about. If you're a certain size, if you're thin or if you look a certain way, then great, you're fine. And we can just talk about how amazing your performance is or how, you know, that's, that's the focus. But if you are bigger or perceived as slightly overweight, then that becomes the focus of it all. And she was open about how she was, you know, body shamed on set. She talked about how one of the crew members was like, well, I mean, so what are you, what are you going to do? What's your plan? I'm sure the producers will get you, you know, a trainer as if that was appropriate for one, or if that was even a concern of hers. And then they try to play it off as like, well, I'm just concerned about your health as if she's unhealthy, as if she doesn't. And she said like, you don't see me on my Peloton. You don't know what I do to stay healthy or, you know, this is maybe in shape for me. I just don't know where people get off the, the audacity or as Ramona say, the audacity of people to make comments to someone and not think, even if, even if they think it's, it's thinly veiled and it's so glib to, to just think that you're, you're looking out for somebody making comments on their body when they have a performance to do. And Melanie was very proactive with the writers and producers that she wanted to not bring any body talk into the character, into the show. She's like, I don't ever want my character to ever like be trying on a dress and say like, Oh, I wish it fit better to never, never draw attention to her body or have it become that she never, you know, she wanted to be just represented of women who just uh, like have a normal body type or look like her and not have it ever be the focus of, of her character. You know, it seems like whenever there is a slightly bigger person or above average size person, that, that always has to be called out. That always has to be mentioned. You know, like, well, I'm the bigger one. Everything always fits you perfect or you're perfect. It's as if they're flawed in any way because they're not a certain size or they're slightly bigger than the other counterparts. It just feels like how much longer is this going to have to be a thing? And I'm really happy that she's been so proactive and so vocal about this and she's had the support of her castmates so profusely because you know, she's someone who's been in the business for a really long time and has been extremely successful. And she's so, so talented that, you know, I'm hoping that she, you know, can 
you know, really kind of change opinions in the industry and set a new standard, especially for women who are up and coming, who are, who are facing the same issues when they go to work. And she's talked in, openly about having eating disorders at a young age. And it's just, it's really, truly heartbreaking that anyone, you know, has to think about these things. And, you know, I mean, I'm not in the movies and I don't go to castings and auditions and then show up to set like that. But being in the public eye, people just want to comment on that and want to tell you that you're not healthy or that you need to work out or you need to be a certain size. It is entirely exhausting. Her husband, who is Jason Ritter, he even um, was said something really sweet and supportive of her because I think he's frankly really tired of it as well. He, I'll read you this tweet because it was pretty epic. He said, if anyone has any further unsolicited comments about anybody else's body, they can feel free to write them in permanent ink onto their own foreheads and swan dive directly into the sun. Love that support. What an amazing husband. But Melanie is just incredible. And she did a movie with, I think his, his name is Christopher Abbott. And I actually watched this movie. It was, you know, it wasn't a big movie that came out, but it was kind of like a drama romance where she was, I think she might've been like a divorce day type. And she meets this guy who's like 18 or 19 years old. And they like kind of have like this like love affair over a summer and it was really good. And she was excellent in it. They were both really, really excellent. And just, you know, it was just interesting to see this woman who was like, obviously like older than him. She was probably like in her thirties and, you know, them kind of engage in this like <laughs> interesting sort of affair. Like no one would blink twice if it was, you know, gender reversal, but because, you know, it's an older woman and a younger guy, of course, people are going to have opinions, but rather than people talk about just that or the acting or, the, you know, performances, people were like, I just don't believe that this young guy would be into someone like her. It's like, why? It's because of her size. I mean, that's what they were implying essentially. And she commented saying like, well, I know from experience that there's 18 year olds that would want to sleep with me. <laughs> I just love that she doesn't hold back and I hope that she continues and I hope, you know, more people are speaking up in support of her as well, because I've loved everything that she's been in. I mean, like she's incredible. I loved her in two and a half men. I loved her in ever after. I love her in yellow jackets. She's fantastic. She's really, really talented. I love you, Melanie Linsky. And then euphoria. Euphoria is, it's such a good show. I really, really love this show. It is very difficult to watch at times. Like sometimes <laughs> it's not one of those shows where it turns on, I'm like, yes, ready to watch. I have to like be in the right headspace. And if anyone's watching the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about because sometimes it can be a fun show with sprinkled in heavy stuff, but like other times it, it is incredibly difficult to watch because you know that these are high school age kids engaging in like very inappropriate behavior. And, you know, I know for me at that age, that's certainly not the things I was doing. And, you know, this last episode with Rue, just in the first five minutes, I was in tears. She's, you know, having withdrawals and is losing her mind on her mom and her younger sister. And it's like kicking in doors and 
headbutting doors and is screaming at the top of her lungs. And it just was incredibly intense to see her going through something like that. And it just felt like so, so real. Zendaya is phenomenal, phenomenal. Like it just, like I had to take breaks because it just felt so real and just having to keep reminding like this is a young girl going through something like this and seeing you know just the enabling that has happening and then people withdrawing from her and then her you know going to this woman Lori who gave her all these drugs it's like this woman Lori is trash she is straight trash she set this 17 year old girl up for failure why were you gonna why how are you gonna give this girl a suitcase full of drugs and you know she's an addict you know that she's not going to be able to pay you $10,000 back. You know, she's not going to be able to sell those drugs. You did it knowing full well that she was not going to, and you were going to collect on her some way. Like, I feel like she just knew that she was going to end up trafficking her. And when she goes to her, you know, house, because she's keeps running away from everyone and Lori sticks her with a needle with morphine and Rue wakes up, which Seems like it was maybe days later, who knows how long, because she's got more than one track mark in her and she's wearing different clothes than she arrived in. Like, what happened to her? Like, the only people that care about her are her mom and her sister and Jules, and she's running away from them, running to the wrong people. And it's just, holy shit, this show is so intense and it's like, you want to keep watching and then you're like, I don't know, like if this show, like it's, I think I've been like, thinking, like I said, this is like living in my head, these things. And you just, oh, Zendaya better get an Emmy. She better get another Emmy for this show because it's so, so good. The music, visually, it's just, it's very, very, very good. If you're not watching it, watch it. Sorry for the spoilers, but (laughs) you got to watch it. Anyway, so that's yeah that's what I've been doing adulting hardcore watching some really incredible shows and yeah which brings me I I have a bit of a rage checks it's not so much of a rage checks it's more of like just a bit of an annoyance and this is definitely a champagne problem (laughs) I know I know a luxury champagne problem but here's my issue you know when you go to get a massage you can get like 50 minutes or 80 minutes or whatever that's what you're paying. You're paying for an 80 minute massage. Let's say you're thinking you're going to rub my body for 80 minutes, but half the time you go and you're waiting in the waiting room and that's, you know, the clock is ticking and then you get in there and you get, you know, they're talking to you. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just let's go through the thing. Let's go, let's just do the damn thing. And then they leave the room, you get undressed and then you're just laying there on the table for like five minutes. You're like, it doesn't take me five minutes to get undressed. Like I'm wearing a rope. <laughs> it's it's quick in and out. And then you're thinking, okay, so now let's start the massage. And you're thinking the time should start when they start massaging you, right? 80 minutes starts the minute that their hands touch your skin. And then the, it ends and you realize that the clock started when your appointment started, when you were still sitting outside the room waiting for you to come, for them to come get you. That just, oh, I don't know why that just irks me. It's like, listen, if I'm paying for the 80 minute massage and I'm going to tip on an 80 minute massage, I'm going to do a little thing, then give me the full 80 minutes of contact. I know this is such a dumb complaint, but you know, there is a place that I go to now called Squeeze and 
they are owned by like the people that own dry bar. And I love it because they're so prompt and on top of it, you get there early. They take you in on time. you set your presets already in your like profile. And when you get undressed, there's a button under the table went for when you're ready and they come right in. So that's what I, I like doing that. But you know, sometimes when you go to these like spas and it's like a whole nice experience, they don't give you the full time. Anyway, that's my rage text <laughs> complaint of the day. I know it's such a luxury problem, but it's still, you know, you want to, you want to get what you pay for. So anyway, that is all I have for you today. Thanks for listening. I love you guys so much. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. It's super bowl. So, you know, I hope you guys have a fun time partying, be safe, don't drink and drive, have lots of good snacks and drinks and make sure you root for the Rams. <laughs> Anyways, um, until next time, be kind to yourselves. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode.